One, two, can you hear me there in the back there? God bless. Welcome to everyone watching live stream. Uh, we're going through, we've been through many storms, turbulence, but we know God is always in control. Yes, Praise the Lord. Yes, Without him, we can do nothing. He declared, proclaimed that there'll be struggles, there'll be challenges, but we will navigate them. He'll lead the way forward to take us to safety, to sure, sure, the, the, the foundation that is unshakable. Praise the Lord. Tonight's message, the theme for tonight's message is dawn is coming. There might be a night time, but we know dawn is coming. Praise the Lord. And I want to lay down as a foundation a couple of verses from the Psalms. One is Psalm 108 verse 2. It says this. Uh, let's read this very quickly. It says, Awake, lute and harp. I will awaken the dawn. Praise God, I will awaken the dawn. And then we, we read uh, Psalm 30, 30, verse 5. It reads as follows. For his anger is but for a, a moment. His favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Awaken the dawn. Praise God for his word. In fact, uh, one of Jesus' titles, if you're, not, if you're not familiar with it, is dawn. He is called the dawn. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. In fact, we're coming now to celebrate his birth. They set this day apart for the world to celebrate the, the birth of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, even though he didn't have a birth certificate to say, yes, he was born on the 25th of December. He's more likely was born in the springtime, uh, aligning with the month of Nisa, which is the first month of the Jewish calendar, the religious Hebrew calendar, which speaks about Passover, new beginnings, moving on, growth. So, but nonetheless, we are celebrating, looking at the coming of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, which implies the dawn, the son of righteousness, the dawn. In Luke chapter 1, verse 78, this is what we, re we read here. It says, it says this, through the tender mercies of our God, with which the day spring from on high has visited us. The word day spring in Greek is anadoli, which means dawn which the dawn from on high has visited us. And it's Jesus Christ who is that dawn that has visited us. Because before Jesus came, the Bible declares and proclaims, everyone sat in darkness. There was a dark cloud over the whole world. And the light came and dispersed that darkness and gave hope to humanity. Because without Jesus, his life is hopeless and helpless. I wish I'm... I'm speaking to someone, and this is the dawn that changes everything. That's why Malachi tells us in Malachi chapter 4, verse 2, he says, Out, but to you who fear my name, the Son of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings. Praise God. And that's the healing, that's what gives us the covering. Praise God. And we need to come to that place this evening, that secret place that we come under the shadow of the Almighty, that we're covered under his wings of protection, that we be fortified in him and protected, praise God. That's why the psalmist wrote Psalm 91 verse 1, we're told this. This is very important that we just internalize these verses. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. The shadow of the Almighty is the outstretched arms of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary that gives us covering and protection, praise God. Hallelujah. And however dark it might be, still the sun will shine with disperse. The sun of righteousness will 
disperse that darkness, irrespective of where we find ourselves, whatever challenge. It's a journey. Life is a journey. And we want to celebrate this journey with him. There was a time in a disciple's life that they followed the Lord for three years. And sometimes we follow the Lord for a long period of time. And sometimes it becomes weary and challenging. Sometimes it's this, we get disheartened by attitudes around us. But nonetheless, in spite of all that, we need to continually persevere and follow him. For, uh, Paul tells us that do not grow weary in doing good. For in due season you shall reap your reward if you do not lose heart. Do not become disheartened just because people don't accept you or reject you or do things that are unpleasant. Do not lose heart. Persevere because we're going to get there at the end, praise God. And the disciples were no different to you and I. Often we, we, we put the disciples on a pedestal and think they're beyond our reach. They're, they're something different. They're made of, of something different. They were no different to you or I today. And God is still calling disciples and apostles and ministers uh, even on this day that we speak in tonight, this evening. Praise God. And that's what we're going to see tomorrow. We're going to see ministers coming from all over the nation to gather together to give glory to Jesus Christ, to see a way forward. What? is the message from God to this generation, to ourselves, to these people today, praise God. And it's one thing is do not lose heart, to not be disheartened. Irrespective of what comes against us, do not be disheartened, praise God. And disciples were no different to us. They followed Jesus on a three-year journey. Sometimes in this generation, what they had to contend and go through and overcome to this generation is unsurmountable. We would have fallen at the first hurdle. I wish I'm speaking to someone. One little bad word, one little adversity, we want to give up and run off and do our own thing. Or we want to change our church. Or we want to change our pastor. Or we want to change the Bible. Or we want to dissect, take what we want from the Bible and leave the rest out. We're selective in our reading. If it suits us, we apply it. If it doesn't suit us, we reject it. We dissect the Bible to the point we no longer have a Bible. We end up having our imagination. So we get the Bible, we, 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 we dissect it, put pieces together, and we put the Bible together. It's like we make, we're like Frankenstein making the monster. We take bit from here and bit from there, we make a monster for ourselves because we want to make it in our image and our likeness. I wish I, I'm speaking so. And the thing is that, you know, we, we, we follow the disciples' journey. They had their struggles. And in fact, when the Lord was betrayed, given over to the Romans, crucified, we find that they were dispersed, they denied him, one betrayed him, but the rest of them still denied him. Nonetheless, it wasn't just Peter who denied him. It wasn't Peter's words that denied him, it was their actions that denied You can deny someone from your actions. You can deny someone, not just by what you say, but what you do. Your actions are equally as powerful as your words. And they denied him, and they left and they abandoned him, and at the end he gathers, he wants to regather them together, he wants to give them hope, restore the years that the locusts have eaten. He wanted to restore the damage that was inflicted on themselves, through themselves, by themselves. I wish I'm speaking to someone. Get that? Yeah. They afflicted themselves, through themselves, and by themselves. And God wanted to heal them and bring hope into their life, their hopeless situation. He wanted to bring that light that dispersed the darkness of their ignorance and their fear. Perfect love casts out fear. And perfect love is Jesus Christ. This is God is love. So if God is love and Jesus is God, he is, he is, it's his love that casts out that fear. Because in fear there's torment, praise God. So let me just come to, let me just take this narrative, the dawn must come. When the disciples, after the, he was betrayed, 
crucified, he resurrected, he appeared himself, he appeared to them, even appeared to them. And what do they do? They revert back, go back to the old livelihood. Peter gathers to go back to the old ways because they thought the mission had been over. Let me tell people watching today, if you feel your mission has ended, let me tell you it's just began. 2022 is bringing 2023 its new opportunities, new potential to serve the purpose of God. Your mission has not ended. It's just about barely beginning. You have just scraped the tip of the iceberg. There's a great responsibility, great work, great mission God has for each one of us, either locally or internationally or globally. But still God has the mission for his people. Praise God. God He finishes, but he begins. He says on the cross, it's finished. And when he finished, a new chapter begins. There's a new epoch, a new time, a new season in serving the purpose of God. Do you want to be a part of it? If we want to be a part, we need to roll our sleeves up, put our hands on the plow, and we mustn't look back. It doesn't matter what happened at the beginning of 2022. It doesn't matter what happened in the beginning of 2021. It doesn't even matter what happened through the quarantine period. It doesn't matter. That's no significance, no relevance today. God has something new for all of us today, irrespective of where we come from. Hallelujah. Praise God. So I want to encourage people watching and listening to this message this evening. This weekend's going to be a really exciting weekend for all of us. It begins from now. Here is excitement in the house now, praise God. So they go back to their livelihood. And they end up going back into darkness, a dark way of thinking. And when you go back to a dark way of thinking, you become fruitless. Nothing happens. Darkness. You cannot grow roses in the dark. Try it. You You grow mushrooms. You grow fungi. But you cannot grow flowers in the dark. Keep perpetual darkness. You will not grow. You need light. You need water for it to grow. And God provides all those elements metaphorically through his word. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Jesus says, the Holy Spirit is spoken of as the water. You need all those elements to help you grow spiritually. But if you isolate yourself and you think you can do it, make it up up as you're going along, it's futile. It'll it'll be a non-event. You'll be disappointed. You'll be disheartened. You'll go backwards, not forwards. You need to be in that place where God wants you to be. Praise God. Hallelujah. And sometimes God puts rubbish around you to help you grow. You know, the fig tree was not bearing figs and not bearing fruit. He put manure around it, the rubbish, to help it grow. Sometimes God puts challenges to help you grow. Praise God. That's the stepping stones to help you move on, to promote you. God uses those adversities to promote you, to elevate you to better places. Praise God. Hallelujah. So we see the disciples after they had seen even the Lord resurrected, they still were not sure of the mission. They thought it was, it was the end. But God was beginning a new chapter in their life. He wanted to change their fear to boldness, to courage. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we come back by, by, the, by now we come to chapter 21. After the Lord appeared to Mary Magdalene, he, the tomb was empty at the dawn. Dawn speaks of resurrection. When the dawn comes, everything your dreams can be resurrected. Your hopes can be resurrected. Praise God. Things do change. And we come by, by the time we come to John chapter 21 verse 1, we read this. This is what it says here. Watch this. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And in this way, he showed himself. Okay, verse 2. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathanael of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. So they all gathered together after all the events took place. 
unfolded in Jerusalem where they had all that drama taking place. They, they arrested their Lord, their teacher, their master, and they crucified him. But then he appeared to them and tried to give them hope. But still, there's still something within people that revert back to the carnal way of thinking, not the spiritual way of thinking. And because Simon Barjona, who was called Peter, went back, to, reverted back to the Simon Barjona mentality. We can be in the church, but we can be reverting back to the old way of thinking. When a challenge comes, sometimes we use old methods and old means to deal with new challenges and spiritual situations. It won't work. Oil and water cannot mix, praise God. Now watch this. In verse 3, it says this. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. Right? Well, remember, Jesus said to him, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. He wanted to go, what's the fish we had in Ghana, your grace? Is it tapila? What's it? Talapia, talapia, going fishing for talapia or something like that, praise God. They said to him, we are going with you also. So you're going off the rails, you're going astray, we're going to follow you. Be careful who you're following. Because sometimes you follow people in dark situations. And you need to be in a place of light to give even hope to those who are going in a dark situation. They went out and immediately got into the boat. And that night, watch this, that Nighttime, they left the dawn to go into the night. And this is metaphorical speaking. We can be in a place of light in Christ where Jesus Christ is. It doesn't matter what time the physical day is, you're still in the dawn. Yeah. Dawn is still there. He's the light of the world. When light comes, what does it do? It disperses light, uh, darkness. Yeah. So if Christ is in our midst and he's the light of the world, therefore we're perpetually in light. There's no darkness in him. Oh. There's no, there's no room of change in God. He's always the same. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he means have got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. No surprises. Because when you leave for the focus of God, whatever you do is unprofitable. You won't benefit from it. You may get material things, but you will not be fruitful. It's you can have things, but... To be fruitful is something completely different. And verse 4 says this, watch this. This is, this is a wonderful passage here. But when the morning, watch, when the morning, when the morning was born, the Greek word is from the Greek word to be born, was born. When the dawn came, he says, had come, Jesus stood on the shore. Hallelujah. But because they had been occupying themselves, preoccupied with the darkness, when Jesus stood at the shore, they couldn't recognize him. Because it takes time to change your, your vision, your outlook from darkness to light. Come out of a dark building into the light, you, you get, you, your eyes, you squint, you cannot see clearly, it's clear. And it's sometimes painful coming from darkness to light. And when the Lord appeared, they couldn't make clearly who was at the shore of their life. They didn't recognize him. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. They're in the shore. They caught nothing all night. Jesus stands at the door. At the shore, it becomes dawn. Because when Jesus appears, no matter where you are, what's going on, it is dawn in your life. Praise God. It says, this is why the psalmist says, I will, I will awaken the dawn. You see, when Jesus was in the boat with the disciples and he was sleeping underneath the boat uh, at the bottom uh, place of the, of the boat or ship they were on, he was asleep. 
So they had to go and wake him. I will awaken the dawn. Yeah. And sometimes Jesus is close to your, uh, your area, yeah. but he's asleep. He may be seemingly asleep. You need to wake the dawn, praise God. You need to call out, cry out to him to wake yeah. the dawn. Hallelujah. And so we find, but when the morning had come, now come, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. And I preached a message some time ago saying the Jesus I did not know. The Jesus I never knew. Because when Jesus truly appears, he may not be the Jesus we have made in our minds. Or we have, we have defined to be. Jesus might look completely different to the image of Jesus we have. Jesus might be the completely different Jesus that people envision in themselves at this season. He might be something completely different to who we expect Jesus to be. We sometimes don't know him. We know about him. We speak about him, but we don't know him. Praise God. And Jesus want to appear and reveal himself as he is not what we make of him. Hallelujah. And so verse 5 says this. Then Jesus said to them, children, have you any food? And they answered him, no, we've caught nothing. We're fruitless. This is something that Simon by John was, was used to being unfruitful. Oftentimes, we read in Luke chapter 5, he, he told all night and caught nothing. It was nighttime. But then the dawn came out the shore of his life and started to change everything. And if you want your life to change, let Jesus come into the boat of your life. If you want things to change, listen to his instruction. You may not fully understand what he's saying, but trust him and follow his leading. Hallelujah. But be real. Don't say all is well with me. Say, no, I've got, I've got challenges. You know, I'm not, I'm not the finished article. I mean, I'm, I'm under construction. And they said, no, we have caught nothing. Yeah. yeah, don't make out everything is fine when you're empty. You're running on empty. You're running on fumes. Yeah. Wow. And you're trying to make out all is well in my life. No, I've caught nothing. I've got nothing to be nothing praiseworthy in my life. I just, I'm empty. Yeah. And verse 6 says this. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat. The importantly, we, you can have an instruct. The Bible gives us so many different instructions, and for so many scenarios in life, directions, spiritual direction. The thing is, we can read them if we just read them and not apply them into our life. It's just information. It's in the doing that brings about the fruitfulness, brings about the divine outcome. It's not just what we know, it's what we do with what we know that makes the difference. If you want to play a musical instrument, you have to practice. It's not going to just happen. You're not going to pick up a guitar or sit at the piano and all of a sudden you're going to become a Mozart. Or Andres Segovia. Who knows Andres? Who knows of Andres Segovia? One of the best classical performers in, in history in the past 50 decades, his pastor gone over to be with the Lord. You're not going to be skilled unless you put effort to it. You know, I was, look, I was listening to an interview with one particular boxer who's going to be boxing with Anthony Yard soon. And he was saying on the 28th of, of January, and he, he was asked a question because he has 19 bouts and 19 knockouts. And he said, how come you've had 19 bouts and 19? He goes, I'm lucky. He goes, what do you mean you're lucky? He goes, I practice to become lucky. I train to be lucky. So he trains, so, so if you don't put the practice in place, you're not going to have the outcome. It's not luck, it's because you train. You don't get lucky. How come you play the piano so eloquently? I, I got lucky. 
got lucky. You can just, so you mean, can I get lucky by just, you're not playing the lottery, got lucky. You put the effort there. If you don't put the effort, then nothing's, you're not going to have an outcome. You're prepared, if you're not preparing to achieve something, you're preparing not to achieve something. Yeah. So you want to get lucky? Practice. <laughs> then you get lucky. You sit down, you're playing like, like Stavrum, Deacon John, and everyone who get lucky every week, they, and the singers get lucky because they don't practice, but they just turn up here. I think you're getting what I'm saying. So they listen to his instruction. This is the important thing for the church. And this is what I want to share with the ministers tomorrow. There's no time you come above the instruction of God. It doesn't matter the position you have. You can call yourself archbishop, patriarch, bishop, pastor. It doesn't matter what you call. You're never above the, 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 the teaching, the guidance of God. Never above that. And if, if you go sometimes off the mark, you come back to God and say, Lord, I want to learn more. I want to go. There's not a time that someone does not grow. The Apostle Paul said, I haven't attained perfection, but I press on. You're not the finished article. You must always be teachable regarding God's relationship and, 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 and serving God. You always have to be teachable because there's always room for improvement in our lives. We're not the finish. Until we cross over, till we finish the race, we're still teachable. So when the Lord told them, cast the net on the right side, they could have stayed there and, and disobeyed and rejected and ignored that. They didn't know who he was at that time. I wish I'm speaking to someone. But they said, you know what? Let's see what this person is saying. Let's cast the net on the right side. There was something about Jesus' instruction that captivated them. And when God speaks to us, if we have an open spirit and love for God, something will captivate us. And we'll cast the net on the right side. And I pray for 2023. You're casting your net on the right side. But not the wrong side. The right side, praise God. And things will begin to change in your life, praise God. That 2020 is going to be an amazing year. Everything we declared and proclaimed this year, ACC know this, has it not been fulfilled? And even more in abundance, yeah? Is that not right? Well, we declared this year, everything has been fulfilled and beyond what God taught. Why? Because we were faithful to the call and the vision of God. God blessed ACC. Revival was in the house. Yeah, praise God. And the greatest treasure in the house of God is, the, is God's people. The church is not the building. The church is the body of believers. Because wherever we meet, we constitute the church. If we go to the supermarket, we are the church. If we go in the wilderness, we are the church. We are the church. You are the body of Jesus Christ, praise God. Hallelujah. And so they obeyed his voice. And this is what I will really emphasize for 2020. Let's be obedient to the things of God. We may not understand it. We may think we know everything, but we don't know everything. Hallelujah. Well, let's be real about things. So he, says, he, he says, so he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat. And watch what this, and you will find some. He told them the outcome before, the, before they did anything. Yeah? He told them, if you do this, this is going to be the outcome. We reluctant. We want guarantees that that's going to be the outcome. There was no guarantees for them that this would have been the outcome. But they did it as they were instructed. Watch this. And now they were not, so they cast 
and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. When God blesses you, he blesses you in abundance. It's the blessing so beyond your capacity to contain the blessing. When he blessed them in Luke chapter 5, the other boats had to come and help them carry the catch to the shore. Because when God blesses you, other people will be blessed because of your blessing, praise God. Hallelujah. But but the, the key is obedience. It is better to obey than to sacrifice. Obedience is the order of the day for God's people today, I believe, will change everything. Can we put the heat on? I think it's getting quite cold in there. We're not got the heat. It's, sorry? We need, we need fire in this place. Praise God. Can we turn it up? It's up, is it? Praise God. Thank you. Okay. We need to do a little circuit here then. We need to run around the room, I think. Okay. And they couldn't draw it. It was so, it's so much. It says, and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Wow, isn't it amazing position to be that God has blessed you on such a level that it's beyond your capacity to cope with the blessing. No more, Lord, bless me more, but no more, I can't take anymore. It's so amazing. And it doesn't just bless you with material things, it blesses you with joy that overwhelms you. You know, sometimes, have you ever had that laughing spurt that you've laughed so much, you can't, you're, you're bursting at the sides, you can't laugh anymore? I've created, of course, that deacon, a pastor, Andrew, to, to, to laugh that much. That, you know, sometimes we have these moments and you can't laugh anymore. You say, I don't want to laugh at it so much, I can't contain this laughter. Have you ever had that? I don't know if you've had that. But this is what happens when God blesses you. Bless you to a point that is beyond your ability to contain it, but it gives you the capacity to, to, to receive it, which is amazing. And then verse 7, this is what I'm coming to. Wake the dawn. Let's wake the dawn. You need to wake the dawn in your life. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. Now, when Simon Peter heard, it, heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he had removed it. And plunged into the sea. What I'm saying to the church, and this is something for tomorrow for the council, if there's something we've removed, we've, we've taken away responsibility in serving God, let's put it back on. If something we neglected in serving God, we need to restore that. And, and it's the, 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 the choice is in our hands. God doesn't force feed you. God doesn't force dress you. He says, tarry in Jerusalem until you are dressed until you're endowed from an high territory, you are dressed. Where, so what God dresses you, don't take it off. And something, the fact that it's mentioned in this passage, it had significance. There's a significance to him putting the outer garment on. Because God gave him a responsibility that he put that, he laid that responsibility aside. And God is saying to ACC, to all the ministries of the council, if there's anything we have put aside, it's time to put it back on. Hallelujah. Time to dress up again with the godly things, the divine things to be transformed. Put on the whole armor of God. He needed something of the armor was missing and he had to restore that. But he, it, it was in his hands. He had to do it for himself. God would not dress him. He had to make that decision, conscious decision. I want to put it back on. Who do you know goes to the seaside and gets dressed before he jumps in the water? You go to the seaside, you get dressed or you take your outer garments off to swim. You take them off. Well, why is, watch this, he says, he put for, he had removed it and plunged into the sea. So he got dressed to jump in the water. So it has spiritual significance. 
spiritual meaning and spiritual implication, praise God. Hallelujah. What's taking place here? And I'm saying, dawn has to come to make that a reality. You see, the world, when the world was created, it was created in darkness. Yeah? Because the day began with nighttime. Give you a few moments to think about that. Let me go to Genesis chapter 1, just read a few verses. Genesis chapter 1 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And even in that first verse, embodies the whole plan, the blueprint of salvation. Did you know that? Look it up in your YouTubes, they, they wrote about it. Just look at that first verse. And interesting, the Hebrew begins, Bereshit bara Elohim. It begins with beginning, in beginning. Bereshit in beginning. But interestingly, God uses numbers and uses letters in different ways, significant in different ways. Numbers are very important in Hebrew. So is uh, numerology is very important. So is, is etymology. But interestingly, the first word Bereshit, which means in beginning, begins with Beth and then Resh. And if you put Beth and Resh together, it means sun. So it begins with the sun. Instead of beginning Elohim, the first Hebrew letter which spells the word Elohim, which means God, is Aleph. But Aleph doesn't come into the third, to the third word in, 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 in the construct of the first verse of Genesis. So it says, it's through the sun, everything. In beginning, through the sun, everything was. That's why Jesus, uh, John says in cha- John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning, it says, in the beginning was the word. Bereshit, the sun, the word. And then he says, and the word was God, and the word was God. And verse 14 says, and the word became flesh. So he is the author of creation. Through him, everything was made, and nothing was made without him. In verse 2, John chapter 1, verse 2, very quickly, before I come back to what I wanted to say. He was in the beginning with God. And verse 3 says this, all things were made through the Son, through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. Listen how it connects together. But if we go back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 3 now. It says this, then God said, let there be light, and there was light, and often, as you know, I've taught on this before, the Hebrew word here says, and let him be light, the Hebrew is not let it be, it says, let him, masculine, be light, verse, verse uh, 4, and God saw the, the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from dark, from dark, from the darkness, so divided the darkness, because everything began in, in darkness, then light, light came after to disperse darkness, to divide darkness, to make a distinction between light and darkness, between good and evil, between heaven and hell, between spiritual and carnal. There's always that, that dichotomy, that the, the, the two juxtaposition come together, light and darkness, life and death. All these things are happening at Genesis. It's all, it's all programmed there. Verse, four, verse, verse 5 says this, watch this. Uh, God called the, day, the, the, the light day and the darkness he called night. Day, he called the light day. The psalmist says, this is the day the Lord has made. We rejoice in him and be glad because the day is Jesus Christ. He's the dawn and he's the day. He's the dawn that brings about the day of the Lord, the perpetual day of God. And I can talk about this in depth, but it's a Friday and I don't know how, you're probably tired from work. I don't want to go through the whole depths of it but let me just read and uh, so he says so the eve so watch this he called night so the evening and the morning were the first. so the evening begins with night and the morning the dawn were the first day so the day begins with evening according to the jewish day cycle but what jesus does he shifts it he 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 changes it 
by making now dawn. So he changed, now for us it's dawn. Our, our day begins in dawn, not in night time. But when we consciously decide to go off to, to ignore God, to go in our own imagination and move away from God, we move back into that darkness of the old man because the evening speaks of the old man. The day speaks of the new man. That's why Paul says, come to the day. We are in the day, not in the night. Hallelujah, praise God. So, for coming up to 2023, we need to be prepared to put on. Put on the armor. Not, what is the armor? Put on Jesus Christ. Put on Christ. If we put him aside and we're not really looking through his eyes, start. Have the mind of Christ. Have the vision of Christ. Look for the, fr- the, the, the lens of the Holy Spirit and things do change. Things will definitely change when we're looking through the lens of the Holy Spirit. And his ways are not our ways. So if we try and understand him, second guess, because we're going to come short. We're going to become unstuck from, from, in ourselves if we don't really look through his eyes, see what he has to say f- to us and lead us and guide us. Let me go back to John chapter 21. We're going to put on where we put on, he put on his outer garment, praise God. And he said, and he said to him, Christ, let me just go to the next verse. Next verse. But the other disciple came in the little boat, for they were not far from land, but about 200 cubits, dragging the net with fish. Verse 9. Then as soon as they had come to land, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid on it and bread. Everything's prepared for them. God gives provision in abundance. Verse 10, very quickly. says, And Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish which you have just caught. Verse 10. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to land, full of large fish, 153. And although there were so many, the net was not broken. The church could contain whoever comes in, the church can, the net symbol of the church. However many will come in, it can contain them. Praise God. And he says that he numbers them 153. Why would, can you imagine sitting there and counting the fish and having 153 fish? Uh, 153, they call it a pyramid number. Did you know that? Meaning that a pyramid, num- pyramid number is made up from 17. So you can do 1, count to 17, 17, and all the numbers make 153. And 153 is a symbolic number. It's got three divisions to it. 150 and 3. And what it says, 100 represents the Jews. 50 represents the Gentiles. 50 is the number of Jubilee. Okay. Of reconciliation. Three is the number of the God, represents the God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So you have the Jews, the Gentiles, enveloped within Godhead, praise God. Hallelujah. And that's what you, we have here. And so verse 12, very quickly. Jesus said to them, come and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? Who are you? Knowing that it was the Lord. Can you imagine they, they encounter Jesus, still this, there's a strange atmosphere around them. And how many times has Jesus encountered us in our journey, our everyday life, and we haven't really noticed or acknowledged that? Jesus meets us in different scenarios, in different places. He says it clearly in, in Matthew chapter 25, says, when I was hungry, did you feed me? So where do we see you hungry? Jesus is represented in whatever needs around our lives that God calls us to serve him in. 
Jesus is in that situation. But we're nervous. We, we don't know it's him. He's not. We, we see a person, but we don't see Christ or God represented in him. And that's the way we need to, that's the attitude we need to have, have that vision to see Christ is in the needy. Christ is in the outcast. Christ is in any place that needs compassion and love. Christ is there. But sometimes we overlook that because we think Christ has to come shining, earthquakes, uh, mountains moving. Christ comes in simplicity sometimes and we miss the whole point. As Paul says, do not, do not grow weary to entertain strangers. By so doing, some have unwittingly entertained strangers. As angels, praise God. Let me go quickly to my next verse. verse. Then Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them. And likewise the fish, verse 14. This is now the third time Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. And verse 15. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. So it's interesting that um, when God is bringing us back into that relationship, the evidence of our accepting that relationship is not what we're saying it's how we live and what we do yeah. that's the evidence if you want if, you, if people want to see the evidence of christ in your life they're not going to see it by what we are saying they're going to see it through what we do how we how we respond to the challenge and how we respond to the needs around our lives praise god it begs the question do you want to come to the light do you want that light do you want to radiate that light we have this candle in this in this glass here in this vase you can see the light and we need to reflect that light of god into the world we need to allow that dawn to come in our lives and we must be that reflection we must let that light reflect into the world to help change people give people hope in their dark situations whatever they encounter wherever they are do we want that light, praise God? And with that comes a cost and a, re a responsibility. Are we prepared to take that responsibility and offer that cost, whatever it might be, praise God? I know it's uh, Friday night. We're getting ready for tomorrow's Bible study. But I just want to leave you with these last few thoughts before we close for this evening, praise God. You know, without the dawn, it's sorrow. Without, without the dawn, there is no joy. We might think we're joyful, we might be laughing, but it doesn't mean if you laugh there is joy. Yeah, it's what's happening internally in our lives that makes the difference. And Mary Magdalene had an experience. She was with the Lord, with the light, and when Jesus was crucified, taken to the tomb, put in the tomb, and she went there very early. She went at the dawn, before the break of dawn, before the light, darkness even. The tomb was empty. Praise God. Because it wasn't the tomb that represented that light. It was who was in the tomb. If I, this, this vase can represent the tomb, if you like. If I take this candle away with this light, it's still there, but there's nothing radiating. It's what's in the, the vase that, allowed, that determines what you see through it. And so Christ is that light in that tomb. When he was taken away, it's only darkness. She went there, and there was sorrow. There was fear, there was uncertainty, there was confusion, and there was no joy there. And then Jesus appears in the garden of her life and begins to speak to her, says, why are you weeping? What's caused you to lose your joy? 
And even her, she didn't fully recognize me because her doubts blinded her from seeing who Jesus is. And sometimes our doubts blind us from seeing the presence of God in our situation. And she says, but they've taken my Lord away, my teacher away. So so when he mentions her name, she says, Rabboni, she said to him, it's you. And that changed her sorrow to joy that no one can take away. The joy of the Lord becomes our strength, praise God. And the joy is connected to God. He's the source of joy. He's the source of life. He's the source of light. It's he, he connects you with. It doesn't matter who's around your life. If you're connected to him, it doesn't matter where you are. It's always going to be perpetual light. Hallelujah. And always dawn in our lives. Because this is the day. You know, the Jewish uh, calendar, Jewish belief system is that they have seven days. God created the, the world in six days and formed man on the sixth day. From the dust of the earth and things like this. And he breathed into his not making him a living soul. And then the seventh day we're told he rested. And the 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 you know the the, the, the Judaism has the Sabbath as a holy day, which is wonderful because the day that God rested, they want to rest. But we can take things to the extreme. Here comes Jesus Christ, a young Jewish man of 30 years old, preaching on a level that people not necessarily not just did not understand they didn't want to accept because it challenged the foundation of their lives and their values and their and their prejudice i wish he challenges their prejudice because he transcends their prejudice even the samaritan woman says you jews have no dealings with us samaritans what are you doing talking to a woman i'm inferior to you you shouldn't even be speaking to me and he and he and he counters that was showing his love and showing acceptance to her. He transcended her, her discrimination and her prejudice. He transcended them. And he wanted to, he made, created a bridge to connect her to himself. He countered it all the time with acceptance. Yeah. So they had all these things going on. They had this mindset, the way they were thinking. So they, they had these certain rules that the Sabbath was holy. And, they, but, and so six days they can work. The seventh Sabbath, they rested. Here comes this Jewish boy that sideswipes all of this and challenges them. And says, Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. It's for you to rest. You're using it in the wrong way. You've got this tool. It's a chisel, but you're using it like a hammer. You're using God's instruction in the wrong way to suppress, not to liberate, to oppress, not to give hope. And this is what religion does. When you're legalistic, that's what you do. You use God's, God's tools to damage rather than to create something good. Instead of the chisel to finally sculpt her something, you use the chisel to scar. There's a difference between scarring and forming. You get that when you get home. You can use the same tool to bring something good or to hurt someone. Someone can use a chisel to hit someone over the head. Someone uses a chisel to do a good sculpture, something beautiful, something praiseworthy. What are you using the tools of God to do, not just for other people, but for your life? Because those tools are to use, God wants to use those tools in your life to change you, to make you something different, transforming you, praise God. So they, Jesus swiped, sideswiped all this way they were interpreting him. <laughs> he was the teacher. He was the one who gave the revelation to, to Moses in the world. He says, tell him, I am has sent you. And Jesus comes and he doesn't qualify. I am has, who's, I am what? He said, I'm the bread of life. I'm the way, the truth and life. I'm the gate. I'm the true vine. I'm the life and the resurrection. I am. He qualifies it for him. He's the one who met Moses in the wilderness. 
He's the one who met Abraham and he wrestled with Jacob. And he comes, comes on the scene of history, steps into time. What we're supposed to be celebrating now, we've lost the whole point. Yeah? And so what, he sides so what happens is, though, he brings something else about. So now he says, look, it's not one day of the week that you set aside for me. This is, he makes a new day. He is the day the Lord has made. And it doesn't matter what day of the week is, it's his day. And we celebrate him every day. He's the light. He's the dawn. So have that dawn with you perpetually with you all the time. He is with you. He, needs to be, he will empower you. He will enlighten you. He will liberate, liberate you. He'll transform you. Part of the journey. No one's here forever. Part of the journey. As long as we're here, he'll be our hope. He'll be our sustenance. He'll be our helper. He'll be our guide. He'll be our healer. He'll be our Lord. He'll be our friend even. Praise God. He'll be our brother. Praise the Lord. So we celebrate who he is in and through our lives, praise God. So let's rejoice today. This is the day the Lord has made. We're rejoicing and we're glad in it. Let's stand together. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's stand together. And we'll just uh, lift the prayer up and thank the Lord for him being our light of our lives. Father, we thank you for this day. On this day, that we celebrate what you've done in and through our lives, that you are truly the light of the world, of our world, personally. Hallelujah. Let your will be done in our lives as it is in heaven, on the earth of our lives as it is in heaven. Bless everyone here, Lord, at the end of my voice, whoever's watching live stream at home, may they be blessed. May they be included in this message of light, of hope, peace and salvation. Release that anointing through everyone watching and listening to this message this evening, Lord. Bring us hope that we can transcend every challenge of life as we give you the praise, the glory, and the worship. And the church will say resounding amen.